Welcome to the State of Energy podcast. I'm Rand DeWitt, along with Tom Clark, Executive Director with Rocky Mountain Propane Association. You can learn more about us by going to thestateofenergy.com. And Tom, we have a new podcast sponsor. We need to welcome in transtechenergy.com. They build propane infrastructure for propane businesses. And what exactly does that entail? Yeah, Rand, these guys are a great company to work with. Uh, I've known them for a long time. They're they're a member of our propane association. They build propane storage vessels. They build propane delivery systems for loading and unloading your your trucks and your transport. So if you need extra storage capacity coming up this winter, get a hold of TransTech. They will hook you up with uh, more storage or a new storage facility. So give them a shout. And I hear they're very nice people. I hear they are too. They're, they, they're, they're great people. They really are. They come to all our meetings. A fantastic group of people to work with. Excellent. So folks, if you need infrastructure for your propane business, it's real easy. Go to transtechenergy.com. And uh, Tom, we have a tremendous guest with us today. We have Tucker Perkins, President and CEO of Perk Propane Education and Research Council. Uh, he's worked in the propane industry for 26 years, served as the Director of Business Development for Energy, Chief Executive Officer for Premier Propane, and the Chief Operating Officer of Columbia Propane. Uh, Tucker's also the former chairman of a Perk Advisory Committee on Engine Fuel Matters and is active with the National Propane Gas Association and the Virginia Propane Gas Association as well. Uh, he also wears a cape, is faster than a speeding bullet, and can leap over a tall buildings in a single bound. <laughs> Did we get it all there, Tucker? You, you got most of it. My cape is at the dry cleaners, but everything else I appreciate you talking about. <laughs> well, thank you very much for joining us. Go ahead, Tom. This, this is awesome. Like We've been doing this show for quite a while. And we've been talking about getting somebody on here to interview. And this is like, we went straight to the top. Like we didn't, we didn't even interview anybody else. We went straight for the, the top of the man of the totem pole for propane. And, and I'm excited to have you, Tucker. And I really appreciate you taking the time to be with us today. Well, Tom, I really wanted to be here because I love what you've been talking about. And I think maybe nowhere else in the country do we really want to emphasize clean and value you know, rather than the listeners and where they live today, because wherever they're listening, they're looking out at mountains and clean skies. And we all want to keep it that way. We want to keep as many dollars in their pocket. So I'm thrilled to be able to talk about the intersection of power and portable and clean and value. And uh, now, Tucker, uh, we often talk about PERC, the Propane Education and Research Council. But can you inform our audience exactly what you do? Yeah, and maybe I'd love to start by talking about the one thing we don't do. We don't lobby. We don't really try to change legislation. We don't talk to policymakers. We really represent the propane industry to do really one of three things. See that we're using the fuel in the safest way possible, whether we're trying to talk to professionals in the industry or even consumers. You just talked earlier about grilling. We spend a lot of time this time of year talking about safe grilling. How do you know when you're doing it right and prevent the accidents that we inevitably see happen? So safety is a big part of our market mission. The second thing we do, really important and really where I love to talk about, is provide a group of people to see that we innovate. Uh, the propane industry of 2020 is nothing 
like the propane industry of 2000. And I think it'll be nothing like the propane industry of 2050. And so innovation in the fuel, innovation in how we use it, innovation in the appliances themselves, it's a big part of what we do. And I think the last thing is we do try to help consumers see how to use propane better. You're talking about grilling earlier. No one really thinks about professionally cooking unless they're cooking with gas, right? We try to show how that same experience, whether it's in your home for heat, in your vehicle for power, perhaps in a generator, uh, or perhaps in a rocket, how you know you can innovate and be be comfortable using propane across a wide variety of uses. So those three things: safety, innovation, and marketing. And something that Perk has done that actually Tom and I we we've talked about this on previous episodes. Uh, you've rolled out propanekids.com. Absolutely brilliant. Can you talk more about that? Yeah, that's something that we've had for a while, but really just as we started focusing on people staying at home so much more, we have really enjoyed it. And it started by truly providing a way to have kids learn about science, um, just have fun with propane. What? Is, how is it chemically? How does it work? Um, then we've talked about propane on the farm, but it's just a tool that we use to begin to educate children and teachers, mainly in the science world, about how this element called propane, this fuel called propane, really what's it all about. And we've had a lot of fun with it. Along the way, we've educated not only a lot of children, but their parents and their teachers. It's just a fun thing. I was looking over six or 700,000 people are interacting with us right now on propanekids.com. That that that's really cool. It, it kind of it, it also like follows into uh, workforce development as well because it, you get you get these kids uh, interacting with the the cleanest fuel on earth, and uh, you can also tie that right into furthering their education and uh, getting a career in propane. So I I think it's a I think it's a pretty cool thing you guys came up with. Yeah, we've enjoyed, I mean, at some point we have to begin to talk to people that propane is not a fuel of yesterday. It's a fuel of today and it's a fuel of tomorrow. And I think one of those conversations has to be with the young leaders of today and the youth of today, because they're the ones that are making decisions 10, 15 years from now about what fuels are in vogue and what fuels work. And so we're beginning to have a conversation because I think all fuels aren't equal. We've we've been fed uh, quite a bit of rhetoric lately about electrification implies decarbonization, and that, that couldn't be further from the truth. But yet all fuels aren't the same. There are low-carbon fuels that are quite positive for the environment. Propane, natural gas would be two that come to mind. And there are a lot of fuels that aren't really good for the environment. Coal, wood, oil. Fuels aren't binary. They're not either clean or dirty. They either can be very dirty, but they can also be very clean. We fortunately represent a fuel that is very clean. But we have to start telling that story because there's a lot of rhetoric out there that says, well, decarbonization implies electrification. Electricity is just another fuel. And I would argue in many cases, propane is cleaner than electricity, not even the electricity of the day, the electricity that people envision of tomorrow. The propane of the day is often cleaner 
than that electricity of tomorrow. And that's a cool story to tell to not only to science teachers or to communities, but to children as well. We've talked about that quite a bit in previous episodes. The electricity grid, it's so old, it's its wore out, it's uh, super inefficient. And all the things that they're forcing us on a legislative side is electric everything, electric lawnmowers, electric cars, electric houses, everything. But it's really not that clean. And in our last episode, we talked about with the stay at home orders, how the decrease in electric use has actually cleaned up the air. That's kind of amazing, too. Yeah. And stories circulated yesterday through the Wall Street Journal talking about how California has relied quite heavily on diesel powered generators to provide the electricity that was needed for California. That story, while it made the journal yesterday for California, it kind of recreates itself across the country, uh, depending on what season. We see it a lot in the Northeast in the winter, and it just couldn't be further from what anybody interested in clean air wants to see. Um, And so here we have this abundant resource called propane, which when directly used, can be much cleaner than using electricity. And I'm often quick to say, not just the electricity of today, which is primarily oil, natural gas, some nuclear, some renewables, but it can be cleaner than the electricity of tomorrow if you really make reasonable guesses about how much renewable we'll have, how much nuclear will be there, but how much of it will still be made by natural gas, oil, or wood. So with that said, and you've talked about innovation a little bit, Perk's done a great job of funding different projects that are innovative. What what do you think the most impactful use of propane could be to fight a climate change? Well, I think in today's environment, it's to remove diesel-powered vehicles, diesel-powered generators, really anywhere we're using diesel fuel and substitute propane. And that that can be in such a massive uh, movement across the country. So first off, transportation, on-road transportation. Very few people realize that UPS today runs 1,300 propane-powered vehicles in the U.S. alone. In Canada, they run more than that. But we have the ability to take most diesel or gasoline vehicles and operate them on propane. If you extend that off-road, then I just talked about it, power generation alone, just backup power generation that's primarily diesel could be propane. That it, Those engines exist. Uh, keep going further, though, on the farm, irrigation engines. We, we see time and time again the ability to replace diesel-powered irrigation engines or diesel-powered tractors or diesel-powered power generation with propane-powered. And all of a sudden, we clean up the air in ways people never could imagine. And we do one other thing, Tom. We save the farmer, in many cases, 30 to 50%. We save UPS 30 to 50%. How is saving UPS money good? Well, it's really good for two things. It makes UPS able to adopt more environmentally friendly vehicles, and it cuts down the cost of the package delivery. So saving money is awesome. You know, hopefully we'll talk about school buses because I think that's the perfect (laughs) story of how propane has worked in this country. And it's at least a model for us to use as we think about 
expanding propane to package delivery, to flour delivery, to milk delivery, to the farm, and then on and on. And you mentioned it, you, you did mention school buses. And the amazing thing about school buses, not only does it help the environment and is more cost effective, it's healthier for the students. Because I remember being a kid going to school and just the smell of that bus alone, you could feel the carcinogens just going into your lungs. Well, probably the most joyous part of my day is when I get to travel to a school bus fleet that has adopted it. And I talk to, I don't talk to the drivers just, I talk to the principal, I talk to the school nurses, I might talk to community health people, but you see the benefits. And the first thing you hear from the drivers is invariably, my, my drive is quieter, my drive is cleaner. When I do my pre-trip inspections, I used to not have to hold my breath. Now I don't even, there's no reason to hold my breath because this bus doesn't stink. The children, we now see that the children spend more days at school. They're not out sick with asthma, bronchitis, a whole host of diseases. Um, and the school systems are saving money, sometimes large sums of money. Most of them will report that they've cut their fuel costs in half. And it's super cool to save UPS money. It's super nice to save a farmer money. It's super nice for me to save money at my own house because I cook and heat my water and everything else with propane. But when you save a school system money and they talk about buying computers or having better football teams, helmets, or fixing a leaking roof, it's absolutely rewarding to combine not only student health, financial health, community health, uh, and to mention, not to mention quieter. It's just a beautiful thing. And that can recreate itself everywhere. Funny story, um, I use a propane outboard. And propane outboards are, you know, relatively niche. You see them in New England as people use them to run to their, run their dinghies out to their bigger boats or whatever. I have to have one as well. Just this weekend, we were out, and my wife, I fired it up for the first time for the year, fires right up, and my wife looks at me, she goes, gosh, that engine is so quiet, I can hardly hear it running. I'm like, yep, that's one of the features of propane. They're always quieter, it's always cleaner, and it's generally cheaper. That's a win, win, win for the user, the community, uh, or the whole country, because we get cleaner air and a quieter environment. You're listening to The State of Energy. I'm Randy Witt, along with Tom Clark, Executive Director with Rocky Mountain Propane Association, being joined this week by Tucker Perkins, President and CEO of PERC, the Propane Education and Research Council. You can find out more about what propane can do for you by going to thestateofenergy.com. 